Welcome to Culture Eats Strategy. Eats Strategy. With your host, entrepreneur Jamie J. Jamie J. On this podcast, we unpack the most powerful, intangible culture. Culture. Culture is way more than a mission statement or words on a wall. It's how a company behaves. It's what informs every decision, action, and reaction. Culture is the invisible hand, the true north that guides every organization. And if you create a legendary culture, you will build a legendary company. A legendary company. Now, here he is, Jamie J. Well, hello there. Welcome back to Culture Eat Strategy with me, yours truly, Jamie J, the host. Uh, and as many of you know, I got a big special shout out and thanks to Christopher Lockhead for pushing me forward to uh, make the shift from uh, podcasting for five years and stopping out of the blue, jumping over into uh, Culture Eat Strategy. Big believer of culture. And I love talking to different business professionals or people that have, have done incredible things, um, entrepreneurs, and have launched something and created something out of nothing. And one of my biggest challenges are, that I hear constantly, or one of the biggest challenges or concerns that I hear constantly with growing companies is setting up the business in a way that it can grow efficiently and effectively. And we all know that as businesses grow, new things come up, different friction points and things like that, and the importance of having systems and workflows. But the underlying message or the tone in which the business is conducted is is super critical uh, in order to carry out the strategies so that everybody uh, understands what the ultimate goals are. Again, it comes down to culture and uh, communication and all of that kind of stuff. And so I'm really stoked today to welcome Richard Matthews um, and uh, tell you a little bit about him. In January of 2009, Richard found out he was going to be a dad. And as we talked about in our pre-interview, he's a dad four times over now. Congratulations. Um, that day, he committed to building a business that gave him the freedom to have lunch every day with his kids. I think it's just beautiful. Um, and you can start just from that first paragraph, understand why um, I believe there is no work-life balance. I believe there's life balance. And I'm, I'm really excited to jump into this thing. But in uh, January 2019, uh, Richard is father of three children, and now he has the fourth uh, newborn. Uh, he only missed a handful of lunches with his kids over that time. And he travels with them at full time, get this, in an RV, educating them, showing them this great country and living the life of freedom that few ever experienced. And the business he started in 09 has morphed into Matthew's Enterprises, a consulting service that helps authors, coaches, consultants, and service professionals grow their businesses, establish expert credibility, and make a ton of sales using online courses, webinars, and of course, automations, which is uh, something I'm really excited to jump into. Over the last 10 years, Richard and his clients have sold over $2 million worth of online courses and coaching, more than 50 million if you count leads and sales generated from his stints helping local um, and e-com businesses. And if you go a second step to the results his clients' students have achieved as a result of the trainings Richards has helped them to create, the numbers are insane. Um, he's also a speaker, consultant, author, and inventor of whose work has impacted some of the top expert brands across the country. He specializes in helping businesses automate their marketing build their offers, master their technology, and design their instruction uh, 
in ways that create success stories that snowball the business growth. This is critical in uh, developing a good company culture. All of this comes from a man whose educational background is in classical biblical study and preaching. He went to Bible college so he could learn to read and write ancient Greek. Fantastic. He dropped out to start his business after he succeeded. He's performed weddings, written eulogies, and he's used his training to bring a new fresh take on instructional design, copywriting, and persuasive education. Oh, and he runs a supplement company on the side for fun. Uh, Without any further ado, though, let me uh, introduce you uh, to Mr. Richard Matthews. How are you, sir? I'm doing really well, and that uh, bio makes me sound way cooler than I am. Uh, That's awesome. Well, tell. T- I'd love to learn a little bit more about you. I've just re- met you for the first time, and I'm already super impressed uh, that you travel around the country in an RV with your wife, your four kids, and a pup. That's pretty amazing. Yeah. Uh, a two-year-old poodle who is 70 pounds and uh, loves traveling, um, <laughs> <laughs> loves the water and all the places we get to go and visit. Um, so, I don't know. The... Uh, um, the whole traveling thing was something that my, uh, my business partner and I had talked about for um, all the way back into 2007. And we figured at some point we'd have to find wives that would do it with us. And we did. Um, and we spent four or five years trying to convince them they should do it with us. And, uh, um, and then a couple of years ago, everything just sort of lined up for us to, you know, technology and um, cell service and just the ability to even work from the road. Um, everything sort of fell into place. Um, but it's something that I've been working for um, for years. And, um, so we just took the leap and did it and, uh, you know, sold everything I owned and, uh, my, my wife, uh, um, joined us or joined me and we've been on the road for a couple of years now traveling and um, running my business. And really interesting thing about that is after getting on the road, my business has grown four X, um, which is cool. Um, and there's, there's some reasons I think that happens. We can get in and talk to about some of the culture that goes into, uh, into that if you want. Um, but yeah, I was going to ask, uh, what what do you, what can you attribute the growth to? So, um, this is something I'm, I'm, I'm in the process of thinking through some of that, that like the, the mindsets that go into growth, um, and that go into, um, especially in a business like mine where creativity is a really big part of it. Why would traveling impact that? Why would traveling impact your growth? Um, and, um, these are theories at this point. I don't have anything concrete, just ideas. Um, so happy to bounce them back and forth with you. The, uh, the, I, my thought process is basically like this. When I was at home, um, you know, sticks and bricks home is what we call it in the traveling world. In a, uh, in a standard location, you have a very routine life, right? You know, you get up at the same time every day. You know, we had um, Monday was my son's gym class and Wednesday was the, you know, this thing and we had you know, dinner with my family and, you know, you knew what was going to happen pretty much every day. Right. And you had a set schedule. Um, and you know, we went grocery shopping every second Friday and, you know, on Tuesdays we went to taco Tuesday at our favorite Mexican restaurant, right? Like you have, you have a routine and there's nothing wrong with routine. Um, but, uh, and we always used, you know, we used Saturdays to go off and do adventures and stuff like that. Right. We'd go adventure to, you know, however far we could get, um, and go do things. Um, but when your life is routine, your mental capacity, I think is also routine, right? The things that you're doing are routine. I think the ways that you're thinking and the stuff that you're actually doing with your clients becomes routine, um, because it's the pattern you're setting up for your life. Complacency and, comes to mind. Yeah. 
Yeah. And it's not like, it's not like you're doing that intentionally. It's just the way that our life goes. Mm. Right. Um, and even when we were striving to do things like, Hey, let's go to this museum this weekend, or let's go kayaking this next weekend or whatever it is we're doing. It's still, it's still, it's a compartmentalized part of your life. Mm-hmm. Um, and when we went on, when we moved onto the road, that all changed. Right. So our, our routine, um, like the only things that are routine are like our family stuff. Like we have dinner together every day. Right. And, you know, we, we move, we pick up our house and we move it every couple of weeks. Right. Um, but other than, you know, like bedtime is, you know, most of the time it's like eight 30 at night and we read stories every night. So like there's some routines that are important for, you know, raising children or not, but our life is not routine. Right. We don't eat at the same restaurants every week. We don't go to the same places. We don't hike in the same places. We don't live in the same places. We don't have the same, um, we have we have built a group of traveling friends, so we're in places with with people we know on a regular basis. But we're always meeting new people and doing new things, um, and it forces you to live in the moment, um, which is I think really really important. Um, something that I, I never would have thought of before. Like you always think, oh, live in the moment, but like I we one of some of our best friends right now, um, someone we met about a year and a half ago, a family we met, they pulled in next to us. And we went over and said, hi, how are you? Introduced ourselves and invited them over for dinner, right? After having known them for like two minutes. Because if you don't invite someone over for dinner the first night, they're not going to be there the next day, right? Because mm-hmm. you only have now. Um, and it blew them away. It was their first day on the road. Then they got invited over to dinner at our house, right? And, um, <laughs> and it changed, you know, they've, they've become really good friends of ours over the course of the last year, year and a half. Um, and that happens more often than you would think. Um, and I've noticed that what that does when it translates into business is you have, um, you have, it really impacts your, your thinking, right? Where it's like, you, you don't have strategies that you're going to impl- implement next week. You're going to think about, it's like, Hey, I've got this idea. Let's do it. Let's do it now. Because your mental, your mental thought process is I have to do this now, or I don't have, like, I don't have tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and it impacts your creativity where you're like, you're, you're just in a, you're in a new space all the time. You're, and your, your mind is just. I don't know, open. So I think my copy's gotten better. My instructional design's gotten better. My ability to communicate with clients has gotten better. Um, and a lot of that is just practice in life, right? Where you're, you're constantly doing things. So I think, I think um, traveling has had a positive impact on my business growth. And that's sort of some of the ideas why I think that's happened. But, you know, I can't prove any of that. It's just... <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I, yeah, I think it's neat. I'm, I'm, I'm wondering because uh, you had spoke earlier on about what is traveling done for creativity, and and I think I think a big thing is for like for myself and my wife, we'll go to the boat for the weekend, and we kind of shut down. But it's a different environment. It's it's water and it's you know the rock cliffs that we get to see, and you know it's going it's in the water as opposed to you know, being here in the office and, and working every day. And I always come back so refreshed and new ideas. It gives me time to, to just think, to yeah. think is, is, is what I love about it. Um, last year, every, every year I come up with a word for the year and, and, and I do have a question coming up here. So, but, but last year my word was focus, finding opportunities by creating uninterrupted strategy sessions. And the reason I really wanted to focus last year was because I think I lost focus before. And you said something that was very powerful. Do. You do things now to where maybe before you thought about it and maybe the the whole time of right now is so important. And I think 
as entrepreneurs, we talk ourselves out of doing things a lot. Like maybe I don't want to call this person or maybe I don't want to do this. And um, I think it's really important. And I'm wondering um, if that may be one of the main reasons for your growth, because now you're more actively taking advantage of the moment. Um, I think that's absolutely right. Um, that, uh, um, I actually just got on a call yesterday with one of my, uh, one of my mastermind buddies and she was, um, she wanted me to walk her through like my whole, I have like a six month follow-up strategy I use with my clients. And she was like, I don't understand, like, what's the magic behind it? And like what, you know, and I was, I was explaining to her, I was like the, the follow-up strategy is it's literally, it's just like, we have, we have your conversion piece, your sales webinar, your sales video or whatever that we're building. And then we're building six months worth of follow-up on the back because everyone knows, right? The money's in the follow-up, but no one ever does it. Right? And the reason why most entrepreneurs don't do it is because it's like, oh, hey, this week's here. What are we going to do for our email follow-ups, right? With our, with our list. And they have to come up with a promotion. They have to come up with all these things. And then sometimes it gets done. Sometimes it gets done half-assed. Most of the time it doesn't get done at all, right? And the, um, the difference, like the reason why my clients have really good results is because one of the first things we'll do is we'll sit down and we'll actually write out six months worth of follow-up. Um, and it's like a promotion every week and we're just taking existing offers and putting like out of the box promotions together for them. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and we just build them all intelligently over the course of six months. And I was like showing it to her and it finally clicked. She was like, there's no magic. And I was like, there isn't any magic. The magic is that it's done. Right. Yeah. The magic is that we've actually done something instead of thinking about doing something or trying to do something or, you know, telling the team that this needs to get done. It's like the, the magic is we did it right? We actually have long-term follow-up for your clients. So when you're running, you know, advertising dollars into the front end of your funnel, people are getting followed up with for a long time with promotions yeah. that are driving revenue into the business. And, and so she, and it was just like a light bulb moment for her. She was like, there's no magic. And I was like, there's no magic. The magic is in the doing. It's right? And the more, yeah, the magic is in the doing. And um, the more and more I learn about business and learn about growing my clients' businesses and stuff like that, the more I realize that like the people who are really successful at anything are the ones who take action, right? The ones who yeah. do things, right? And I know it's tripe, you know, like tried and uh, what do they call it? It's uh, I can't remember the cliche, but anyways, it's it's the uh, um, take massive imperfect action, right? And mm -hmm. that's that's really it's it. I know it sounds it sounds uh old right but it's like that's it that's all there is to it yeah um, the people who who do things even if they do things wrong right and if, if you've ever you know gotten into podcasting or youtubing you're like oh this guy does it better than me or you know or i could do this better than that guy the reason why they're successful and you're not is because they've just been doing it longer right they're and yeah. like the action is just taking the actions yeah right it, it it brings to mind a, a friend of mine that, that that's been on the podcast, Brian Falchuk, and he wrote a book called "Do a Day." I thought that was fantastic, um, and you just take it take it in the moment. You do you do a day's worth of work. I I love that. How do you and and maybe you have or haven't even thought about this, but um, how do you equate this to developing a, a good culture? So. Um, let me take that in a few different directions. Love so, it. yeah, the, um, because you said something a minute ago that I thought was cool, right? You take your boat out, you go out and you're sitting under the rocks and in the uh, water and you have time to recharge. Um, I have been telling my clients and my, my, myself, cause I have to give myself this permission as well. And also my staff that you have to have permission to play. 
right? So permission to play, I think, is a huge, huge thing that is missing in most entrepreneurs' lives. And it's missing in the staff that entrepreneurs have. They don't give their staff permission to play, right? Um, and I think permission to play, um, it's sort of one of my, now, it wasn't for years, but it is now after I started this whole traveling thing that um, you have to give yourself permission to play because um, we, we, think of, we, we think of, what do they call it, rest and um, recreation and stuff like that as like, like what's the word I'm looking for? Um, things that you might like it's, it's a benefit that you get yourself for working right like maybe yeah. i can maybe i can play maybe i can recreate, maybe i can earn it's a reward right i can i can earn it um and that's that's the wrong way to think about it recreation is not something that you reward yourself with recreation is a foundational thing you have to have to perform at your peak right like if you aren't rested and recuperated and like there's a reason it's called recreation right? The, the core word there is creation. Um, and it's, it's where that spark of divinity comes alive. Um, and so you have to give yourself permission to play and set your life up in a way where you have that time and that freedom to do it. Right. Um, and you know, I've had clients tell me, they're like, I'm so jealous of your lifestyle because like I got, I built my business point where I have all the money in the world, but I don't have the freedom to play like you do. Right. Um, and so I've set my business up now, like, uh, one of the things we're always in cool places. So I'm like, I have to finish my work by like noon because I want the rest of the day to be dedicated to going and playing right with my kids right. and my family and the cool places we're at it makes you really, really efficient. You know, if you ever, if you want to test this out, you know, take all of your kids to the beach, bring your computer and be like, here's the list of things I have to get done today. Sit down with your computer, watch your kids play. And you will be extremely motivated to get your shit done quick because you want to go play. <laughs> right. Um, and, and if you, so, so that's, that's one of those first, the, those first principles is the idea that, um, you should build your business around that, around the idea that you should have the time and the inclination to play whatever that is for you. Right. Mm -hmm. I like to kayak. I like to go hiking. Not everyone likes to do those things, but you probably have things that you like to do, right. Go on right. the boat, you know, take your dog out for a walk, whatever it is, give yourself permission to do that and realize that it's not, it's not a reward for work well done. It's the thing you need to do in order to do good work. Um, which is it. a flip-flop of the way most people think. Um, and I do, do the same thing. I've only got, I don't have a huge team. I've got three staff members, um, one full-time, two part-time staff members to do what we do. Um, and uh, because I work with a virtual agency, um, uh, my, my, uh, my staff is virtual. Um, you know, one of the first questions that, that, you know, your staff asks you when you bring them on is like, when do you want me to work? Um, yeah. And my response was like, work when you're your best, right? And then the rest of the time is yours, right? And like, I, I tell my, uh, my staff, I was like, you get paid for your, you get paid for your hours, but like, um, you're like, you're really what you're getting paid for is you get paid for getting the things done. Right. I don't care when you get them done or how you get them done as long as they get done to the best of their ability. And I was like, um, and I like try to keep, uh, open line communication. Like, what are you guys doing when you're not at work? Like, what are, what are the other things that you have going on in your, I mean, in your life, make sure that they're, uh, um, they have the space and the freedom to actually enjoy their lives. Um, and they have permission to play as well. Um, and like my, uh, one of my, um, full-time guys, his name is Mark. He's real cool. Um, and we, uh, um, we keep a, uh, Slack chat group. That's like a general chat thing open that, you know, we always, you know, it, it's a culture thing. You know, when you come in, in in your, when you start your shift, come in and say hi, and everyone else will say hi, right? Right. Where are you? What have you been up to? What's going on? say hi when you go to leave if you have any questions that kind of thing so it's it's a cultural thing from um 
for the company just because we want to be open and like, you know, we're virtual. So we don't have a water cooler to gather around and say hi to each other. Um, so we try to make sure we have that as well, but try to keep it. What's the word? Non-professional, right? Like, right. Right. <laughs> you should see the amount of gifts and stuff that get um, plastered in there and like what we're doing. And like, I always tell him where, where, where I'm at and what we're, we're experiencing. And, you know, when he goes on um, a date with his significant other and that kind of stuff, you know, any of that kind of stuff, hey, we're having a birthday party and I'm going to travel with my family. Like we know all of those things about people on the, on the staff. Cause, um, I don't know. I just think it's a, it's an important part of, of having the human connection, right? It's not, it's yeah. not just dollars in exchange for work. It's human beings working together towards a common goal. Um, so anyways, that's the, the first part is the, uh, um, the permission to play. Yeah. I love that. I love that. So, um, how do you think, does it help your staff to perform better when you talk to them about personal things or what, what they're up to. And the the reason I ask this, by the way, is because it goes back to life balance, uh, Mm -hmm. permission to play. That's life. Your kids growing up, that's life. And if you think about it, your eldest is 12. Did you say he's nine, nine? Sorry. So if you think about it, you have nine more summers, right? Less than that because he's going to be 10 in a couple of weeks. (laughs) <laughs> less than that. So you have eight more summers Well, you kind of are afforded a, a separate luxury, but a lot of us that are in the sticks and bricks, right? We, you can think about it and it really puts a lot of, a lot of that into perspective. And so what can you do to develop a lifestyle to number one, to where you can take care of, pay your bills, uh, do the things that you want to do, but also maintain uh, you know, the, the most important aspects. And for those of uh, those entrepreneurs that don't have children, uh, a significant other, friends, what is it that you want to be able to do? And I think that has a lot to do with what you just said is giving yourself permission to be able to do that. And if you start tweaking your own belief system and realize that it's okay to have fun, um, in addition to having fun at work or whatever you're doing, um, I think it's, it's really going to open up a lot of eyes. Now, when you go and you talk with your staff, um, how do you think that makes them feel when you talk to them about that? So, um, my, uh, um, when I brought each of my staff members on, um, the first thing that I, uh, um, tried to do, like I had my, my full-time employee, um, Mark, I, he interviewed me and I had him interview me for, um, for actually for this, this work here, it's just getting me booked on podcasts. Um, and I thought it was really, really powerful because you got a insight into like my thinking, right. And why I do what I do and buy into the vision of like, Hey, what, what we do is we help, we help individuals who help individuals, right. So we have a ripple effect with our work and sometimes it's a massive ripple effect. Um, And, you know, we might be uploading a video to YouTube or doing some SEO stuff. But on the other end, we're talking about affecting thousands of people's lives um, in positive ways. And, um, and realizing that um, he gets to be a part of that, my staff gets to be a part of that, and having them buy into that vision of what it is that we help people do. And, um, you know, my, my back end company name, it's not my front, it's not like my, my front company name, but it is, is uh, five freedoms. 
And we spend a lot of time talking about those where the freedoms are political freedom, spiritual freedom, financial freedom, time freedom, and location freedom are the five freedoms that people, uh, um, you know, if you want to have real experience, real freedom in your life, those are the five things. And so getting my, my employees to buy into that, the idea that, you know, if you're working with us, you know, I want to make sure that you're making the money you want to make, right? And you have room to grow there. Um, we have room to grow there. Um, I want to make sure that, you know, you're, you know, because we're virtual, they can work wherever they want. Um, right. So like, a, you know, if you want to take a family vacation, you know, or go someplace and work, work wherever you're at, you can do that. Um, and, you know, they have control over their time. Um, where it's like, you don't have to check in at nine o'clock every day and leave at eight o'clock. Um, you know, they, whatever the, the time frame is, right. They can check in when they want to check in and check out when they want to check out, as long as the work gets done in a timely manner. Right. right. So offer them, offer them the freedom in, in their positions that I have, right. That I want. Um, and part of that is discussing our lives, right. You, you mentioned the, uh, the work-life balance. I think, I think the whole, uh, people think of work-life balance, like a, uh, one of those legal scales, right? Like yeah. you have work over here and life over here, um, which I think is bonkers. Um, I think you probably agree. Um, 100%. And, <laughs> yeah, because work, work is part of your life. Um, and I always thought the, uh, the better metaphor um, is uh, if it's a rubber band. If you've ever seen like the way a rubber band works, um, you know, you can stretch a rubber band and you like go over a rubber band. So it's got, it's got a couple of different states it can be in. It can be stretched or it can be loose. And I think work-life balance is far more like that, where it's like at some, some points in your life, you're really stretching the rubber band, right? You have to put your nose to the grindstone. You have to get shit done. Um, and maybe you work in 12 or 14 hour days for a little while. Um, but when you release the tension from that kind of work, you have forward momentum, right? You can, you can really catapult your business forward and the rubber band will go back to being you know, loose. So you won't have that kind of stress yeah. and whatnot because you made it to a next stage. But as you want to grow, you're going to start to stretch that rubber band again and put more work mm-hmm. into whatever it is you're growing. And at some point that'll catapult you forward again. And I think, I think that's more accurate metaphor for how a uh, work-life balance is, um, is, is that sort of, you know, stretch, release, stretch, release, work and not work and work and not work. Right. Um, yeah. and, um, you know, making things, making things happen. Um, so anyways, that's, that's sort of my thinking I, on that. I love that analogy. I think, I think it's fantastic. One of the, one of the things that comes with that is you said earlier, give yourself permission to have fun, uh, relax yeah. and, and recreate. Right. But I also think it's okay to give yourself permission to work in various yeah. situations like this. Uh, after all, we have to provide, yeah, you have to earn an income. Right. Uh, but yeah. I would love to hear what you think about this and what you do for me if something like that is happening, um, I need to be aware of two things. Um, and they both involve communication, but oftentimes, um, and I can't for the life remember me who, who, who the first introduced me to this, but it opened up a, a huge, uh, window of opportunity for me. There's meetings where you plan, you discuss, you, you uh, create ideas, you get feedback uh, from the staff. And the other is a briefing where you make an announcement that something is going to happen. Um, and I didn't even realize that at certain points, I was holding briefings, not meetings. And so the challenge was, whether it was my wife, you know, and having fun or doing whatever, I might say, oh, we're going to do this. Wait, what? 
you didn't tell me this. Or if it's my staff, you know what? Today we're going to launch a website. Wait, what? I thought, yeah, I didn't know that. Those are briefings. And without the meetings, the planning, the, the setting expectations, the sharing of information, the communication leading up to that point, it's much easier to make it up a gradual incline than climb a rock cliff, right? It's not, I'm We're not going to go. Yosemite, looking at oh. that 3,000 foot. El Capitan? El Capitan, yeah. huh? Yeah. yeah. So you're not going to climb right. El Capitan and see the people sleeping on the side of El Capitan. You're not doing that without preparation. Um, so I wonder what you do as far as um, making sure, especially being so close-knit with the family and the business there, how do you prepare for things like that and communicate things effectively so that you don't you, you try to alleviate as many friction points as possible? So let me uh, pull out an old Bible college thing on you here. Um, one of the things that I learned in uh, um, at the good old Bible college was that uh, 90% of contention in relationships is because of unmet expectations, right? And that is true in every type of relationship, employer, staff, husband, wife, you know, parent, child, doesn't matter what it is. If you have friction in that relationship, right? If you're in, you can think, do you have any children yourself? Yep. I'm a grandfather. <laughs> oh, grandfather, right? So like you, you probably remember, um, you don't look old enough to be a grandfather. Uh, <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um, like if you remember back to your children being at home, right? When they piss you off, generally it's because they're doing something that you don't want them to do, right? It's like they're they're not meeting your expectation. And the first question you have to ask yourself when you have the negative feelings or whatever it is is what are my expectations that weren't being met. And is the reason they weren't being met because I didn't communicate them or because the other person didn't understand or follow them, right? Because you'll find more often than not that the reason why you have the negative feelings and the negative associations is because you have expectations that weren't communicated, Mm -hmm. right? Whether that's with your children or your spouse or your staff, it's you have an expectation, that expectation wasn't followed. Um, And my rule um, with my staff, at least, is I pretty much 110% of the time assume if I didn't get something back right or the way that I asked it for or the way that I think I asked for it is that the problem was with me and my communication of my expectations, right? Um, And um, what I've found is that like, I do this all the time, right? And um, and it's it's so it's so natural at this point that uh, um, I have to like I don't even think about it, but like uh, get something back and it was wrong and be like oh this this isn't the way that I wanted it done. I apologize for miscommunicating how how I wanted this. Right. Next time I'll make sure I communicate more clearly. Can you please do it um, with you know these things in place? Um, right. So um, I find it always helps to assume that you're the one that's incorrect. And the reason you're incorrect is because you didn't communicate your expectations. Well, um, that takes and, a big person that really does. Yeah. Well, um, whether or not it makes it for, you know, if you have to be a big person or not, it's, a uh, um, it's an effective way of getting the things you want done. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I, because, I, you know, I heard, uh, on, on an earlier interview too, was if someone handed in a work, his first question would be, okay, I'm about to take time and I'm going to review this, did you try 100% on every single part of this document to do it to the best of your ability? Is there anything in there that you have a doubt 
that you did not perform it to 100% of your ability. And he, he finds like maybe six, seven times out of 10, they'll say, let me take it back and do one more check. And I thought that was pretty interesting. And then instead of him wasting his time on a document that maybe not have been complete or up to his standards, now, granted, you have to give them a list of expectations of what you're looking for. But I thought that was a pretty cool way of, of looking at it. And uh, you're not telling oh, this is terrible. You did this wrong. But you're saying, are you sure you did it to the best of your ability? And it was really neat. Yeah. And to your, your question earlier, right, of how do I communicate that with my staff? And we do the meetings and whatnot. I try to be really, really clear. Um, we don't have like regular set meetings, but um, uh, we communicate in Slack and on Trello and whatnot for all of the projects that we're working on. Um, and I try to make sure my expectations are really clear for each each project. Um, and more often than not, if something doesn't come back the way that I want it, it's because I didn't communicate well, right? So I'm working on getting becoming a better communicator and better at uh, at asking for things. Um, and um, you know, I try to have uh, basically as much grace as is possible for me to have. Um, and sometimes I wish it was, a uh, you know, it was given back the other direction from clients to me and that kind of stuff, but you know, <laughs> it doesn't always go that way. Um, but it's the, the same thing, like with, with our family is the same way, right? Like I have to, uh, um, I have to regularly remind myself, you know, with my children as like, you know, they don't, they can't, uh, they can't live up to my expectations of what I have for them um, on a regular basis because they're children, right? They don't always understand the things that you say to them or, you know, think through things the way that you want. They don't, you know, like my son doesn't have sure. his whole prefrontal cortex developed and he makes poor, poor decisions on a regular basis. Um, and I have to remember sometimes it's unfair of me to hold him to a standard. He's not ready to be held to yet. Yeah. Um, right. So there's, there's, uh, those kind of things, but you know, we do the same kind of thing where it's like, we, we do planning meetings. Um, it, when thinking about it, like when we go into the grocery store, is a really simple thing. But like we go into the grocery store, we have rules that our kids follow in the grocery store. And every time before we go into the grocery store, we stop in the car and my wife will turn around and be like, okay, what are the rules for the grocery store? And my kids will cite them all off. Right. And it's just a, a recitation of what the expectations are, how they're going to act. Um, and, you know, same thing, we have museum rules, right? You know, what are museum rules before we go into something that's a museum, right? And they'll, they'll list off what the expectations are. Um, so to your point, and meetings, right? Like we, we do that on a regular basis, whether that is assigning tasks to someone on, you know, one of my staff members on Trello or going into a museum or going to a grocery store or planning where we're going to go next or what our, our activities are for the day when we're done with schoolwork and whatnot. Um, it always starts with a really simple, as you called it, a meeting of like, here's what we're thinking about and here's what our expectations are. Um, and, you know, occasionally in the family, it's, it's a uh, briefings, right? It's like, Hey, doesn't really matter what you want to do because we're the parents and <laughs> this is what we're going to do today and you're going to like it. This is an official, but, uh, official family announcement. <laughs> we're going to, we're going to go and we're going to go hiking Yosemite today and you're going to like it. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Oh my gosh. That's awesome. I love it. Yeah. Well, so how do people get in touch with you? Um, so the probably like in touch with me virtually, um, my, or if they uh, wanted to reach out and learn more about what it is that you do so that, that maybe they, that you can help them out. Um, so if you reach out on my website, I think I've got a, like my email is on there. Um, and my Facebook messenger is really a good way to get a hold of me um, on there. I think I have a link for all those things on there. It's richardmatthews.me. Um, and yeah, so Matthews, I'll, you know, Matthews also is with two T's. 
Yeah, Matthews with two T's. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you are, uh, if you want to follow where we're going on our our trip, and you're ever in, we're in the same area. Like I like to meet with people whenever we're close. Uh, I we have a Facebook page called uh, Days Without Incident. That's for our family uh, travel stuff. Um, nice. And the number number of days without incident is pretty much always zero because uh, <laughs> we're always breaking something or blowing something up. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I don't think, I don't think there's ever been like an entire 24 hour period where there's not someone with scabs. Um, oh but, man. Oh you know, man. Scabs Kids. Or, yeah. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so like I said, I was just, uh, just met with a, uh, uh, client son yesterday up in San Jose, um, and try to meet with my podcast guests and other people, you know, anyone who's interested, you know, it's part of, part of the reason I travel is because I like to meet people. Right. And talk with people and build relationships. So if you ever, if you do follow us and you want to see, uh, you want to say, say hi, reach out if we're ever in your area and, you know, we'll plan a, you know, coffee or lunch date or whatnot. Um, and you know, if I can help you out doing what I do, that's great. Yeah. If not, um, you know, it's not really a big deal either. I said, we just, we like to meet people and share stories. I tell, uh, I tell my, my staff all the time, um, we're story born people, right. And we, uh, we thrive and grow on sharing stories with each other. And the more of my story that you learn and the more of your story that I learn, the closer we become as friends until at some point, the only way that we can grow a relationship is to go out and build stories together. Right. Um, we call those, we call those best friends, right? Oh, that's fantastic. I love it. I love it. Was there anything else you'd like to add before we wrap up? I don't have anything else. Um, you know, just, just go out there and do what you do. Right. We, um, what is it? The, uh, world, I can't remember the name of the quote. Um, but the world needs more people who are doing things that make them come alive. Right. So it's awesome. You know, go out and do those things. Um, and it's, it's a lot, it's a lot easier to just do the things that you're afraid of than to not. Right. Mm -hmm. And I've experienced this so many times in my life that the, uh, the decision to just do it, right. Whether that is marry the girl or, um, or move across the country or sell of your stuff and move into an RV or have a child or start a business or change your business. Um, every time I've done that time and time and time again, um, I'm so glad that I have. Right. Yeah. And it's a blind faith kind of thing. At this point, my wife is convinced I'm entirely crazy, but she trusts me completely because we regularly jump off the cliff together. Right. Um, yeah. sometimes, you know, in reality, we did cliff diving last week or some, most of the time it's metaphorically in our, our business and our life. But you know, 20 years from now, you'll regret the things that you chose not to do far yep. more than the things you chose to do. Yeah. So. Oh, I love it, man. Well, thank you, Richard. I really appreciate it. It's been, uh, it's been awesome getting to know you and uh, thank you for sharing. Absolutely. Thank you for having me on. For sure. Hold on one quick second. We'll go ahead and wrap up. Uh, you can go to Richard Matthews. That's with two T's dot Emmy. Uh, of course, we'll put everything in the show notes for you. If you want to learn more or meet Richard, um, and what was the Facebook page again? Um, is without days inc- without incident. Days without, days without incident. incident. Days yeah, without incident. You know. I, I want to go check it out just to see if you can ever get up to one. That would be amazing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh man. man! Like seriously, just like we we like we'll get it up in the morning and our awning will break, or you know we'll go to leave one morning and the slide won't come in, or we're on the side of the road and the fuel filter has died and we have no <laughs> fuel. We're stuck on the side of the mountain. I have 
like last last little thing one of the things that has been really really cool about traveling is this idea of contrast and i don't really know how like have a, a word for this yet or like what i like what i think about it but i life is about contrast and i have been at the point where i've been on the side of the road crying and pounding on the pavement and the very next day standing under you know waterfalls in yosemite going how can i have such a blessed life right and the contrast of lows to highs from you know boring places you're in for some weeks to the coolest places on earth other weeks to terrible food in some place to some of the best food you've ever eaten the contrast that comes from being able to live a life like what i do with my family and whatnot is amazing um and part of that you know last thing just just think about as you're you're going is life is most interesting when you experience its full breath so don't be afraid of the bad and don't be afraid of the hard things or the things that are difficult um because they make they, 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 they provide the contrast for the things that are really good. And if you don't have mm-hmm. them, you don't really understand how good the good things are. Um, so anyways, that's, uh, I love that advice. You know, when, when we go through challenges here in the business, um, I consider those successes, uh, the things that you're doing on your own, whether people aren't watching it, but it's very trying and, uh, you know, it's challenging to get through that in my mind is true success. And I thought, I thought of, this might be a phrase for you, the low high effect. Low high. There you go. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that sounds interesting. Well, again, Richard, thank you. Thank you so much for stopping by. This has been a really fun conversation. And uh, anything I can do to support you, please reach out. Uh, I just think what you're doing is fantastic. And thank you for sharing your story. Thank you. Thank you for having me on. For sure. Uh, let me just wrap up real fast. It's Jamie J, yours truly with Culture Eat Strategy. Uh, go check us out, culture.bottleneck.online. And if you enjoy the show, go to iTunes, leave us a good rating and review. Uh, if you don't, leave me a bad rating and review because I want to know how we can make the show better for you, make the, the podcast better for you. Uh, thank you so much to Richard Matthews for joining us today. Uh, had a great conversation. Hope you enjoyed it. If you're driving down the road, hold off. Uh, Wait till you get to somewhere where it's safe. Go check out the show notes so you can learn more about Richard. We'll be writing an overview there and uh, hope you have a fantastic day. And again, uh, that's about it, I guess. Thanks so much for tuning in. Another episode of Culture Eats Strategy. Have a good one. 